0: You're listening to an Airwave Media podcast.
1: ABC tonight. Special Agent Will Trent, Georgia Bureau investigation. I told him I'd bring my best. Will sees things that no one else does.
2: Based on the New York Times best selling series.
0: Why Will
3: Trent? He's good police, and he's objectively hot. See crime. Put out an Amber Alert. There's a kidnapping. Through his eyes,
1: he read that crime scene like it
2: was a book. Rodriguez is... I'm a pretty observant guy. Will Trent. Series premiere tonight, tonight central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hey there, and welcome to Fan Theory Queries, where we analyze fan theories from all over the internet, but mostly Reddit. I'm Laura.
3: I'm Michael. And I'm Spencer.
2: And I'm Blythe.
3: What? What?
2: (laughs) What's going on here? (laughs) Who? Where did you come from?
3: Blythe. Okay, so no. um, the vast I multiverse. You. Yes, ah, this is uh, uh forever one. This is Blythe Sewell, the uh, cooler, more sophisticated Sewell sibling, brother to Mike or uh, sister so true. to Michael, uh, <laughs> host co-host of the Fan Theory Queries podcast. We're glad to have you as a guest theorizer. Oh, Thank some you. Of us glad survive. to be here. <laughs> he just got up with it. Yes, Blythe will be joining us. She has chosen her own theory for us to, uh, a fascinating one. And I'm excited to get to talk mm-hmm. about it and excited to have you uh, part join our discussions. Are you, Laura, are you happy that she's with us?
2: I'm so excited because she shares a lot of interests with me that you two might not, at least not mm-hmm. to the level that we have. So <laughs> okay.
3: this is going to be good. I guess, I guess you're fine. <laughs>
2: yes. Now.
3: Yeah, well... With that out of the way, let's get started. I'll get things kicked off with this theory from Toy Story 3 from user London Garbage Man. And the theory is Sid became a garbage man to save toys. In Toy Story 1, Sid is confronted with horrifying revelation that his toys are alive. 15 years later in Toy Story 3, we see that Sid has become the local garbage man. Now being a garbage man has one of the biggest perks that you may not have realized. We find things, lots of things. So in this guy's post, uh, he shows lots of pictures because he's a garbage man. Um, And so he says, I even found a 42 gallon trash bag full of Legos, some trash picked Nerf collection. Um, I don't have a picture of the Matchbox cards I've found because there's just too many and don't even get me started on the Barbies. Now, Let's imagine you're a guy who just learned that inanimate objects are alive. What job would you get? Sid isn't messed up and working a crappy job. He's trying to save them. He's trying to save the toys. He picked the one kind of job where you can rescue those things. And Sid is uniquely equipped to fix those toys that he finds that are broken. He's pretty creative. So that's the theory. Sid, having a traumatic experience, vows like Batman and other heroes (laughs) heroes <laughs> to instead of doing evil, save these toys and give them a a second lease on life after being found in the trash can or dumpsters. Very uh, let's start with Laura. What do you think of this theory? You're the one that found it.
2: So it excites me, this theory, just to think of this man has been working as a garbage man driving around and then related himself with that character and started thinking about it and equating I, I love that he found an example in his own life to formulate this theory with that's so awesome mm-hmm. <laughs> i love that too. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. what i like is like he uses all of the, his real life experiences and just pieces it all together and one of the things i read through some of the comments is like trying to like redeem this idea that the gar- the job of garbage man is not just for losers or people who, you know, aren't worth anything, that it's actually a pretty cool job and you can get paid a lot. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people choose to do the job because yeah. they like it. It's cool. Not just because they can't amount to anything else. And yeah. so um, twisting that into this theory, I think is really neat. But as far as like the validity of it, Blythe, what are you thinking?
0: Oh, man. I have to say, first of all, London Garbage Man, love the name. But I think (laughs) because he is an actual garbage man, he has convinced me to an extent as to Sid's reasoning for being a garbage man. However, I am questioning his motives. I don't know. I just have a hard time believing that Sid from Toy Story has had this big revelation in his life and is now this sweet, tender, caring man who became a garbage man just to save all these toys. I do think that the toys could be the reason for him to be a garbage man. But I could also see it having like a darker twist of, um, Mm. you know, you saw his science experiments of those toys when he was a kid. So... This experience of seeing them come alive could have had kind of the opposite effect on him, I think, where he's now seeking his revenge
1: and, Mm -hmm.
0: you know, grabbing all these toys and doing even more experiments with them now that he knows that they come alive. Mm -hmm. If you think of like, you know, if we found that out in real life or any phenomenon you find out in real life, all these scientists or government agencies are going to experiment and study these specimens, I think that he may be doing... The same thing. So I don't okay, know. So. He has me convinced as to part of it, but his motives, I'm not quite sure.
3: I'm, I'm with you. That was one of my big questions when I read it was, okay, I could see him doing this. He's trying to save them. He's trying to save the toys or whatever. But like, then what? You know, <laughs> if he re- saves these toys from going into an incinerator or whatever, and he just make a big pile of them what what happens next does he give them away that's kind of something left to you know left out of this theory of what to what he does with these things and that's part of making a fan theory is filling all the gaps not just leaving it to us to fill in more gaps right michael
4: yeah yeah i'm all for like a good redemption story for villains and stories but i don't know we all know that sid actually grew up to be part of a fake family with Jason Bateman and Jennifer Aniston, and go on this road trip where they smuggle drugs. So I didn't. Know. That's that's the, that's the story that he's got. I go, that's the truth. That's in my mind. That's the truth. So, while this is a good theory. Like, but no, wait a minute. Let's back up here.
3: What what is this thing you're speaking of?
4: Do you, Laura Blythe? Do you know what I'm talking about?
2: Is it is it Jason? I thought it was Jason Sudeikis. Was it? Jason Bateman?
4: Is it Jason Sudeikis? It's
2: What's one the of the name Jason's. Of the movie? I don't remember one of the Jasons. We're
4: the Millers. I
0: can't remember the name. Yes.
4: So Spencer, there's a movie called We're the Millers and either Jason Sudeikis or Jason Bateman, which whichever one it is, has to uh-huh. basically smuggle drugs essentially a and he has to create a fake family. And so he gets Jennifer Aniston, this Jason actor Sudeikis. who looks exactly like a... Okay, Sidakis. I've seen it once and it was years Head ago. Lasso. But Yeah. This kid, this actor, looks exactly like what Sid would look like if he grew up and got rid of his braces. And so... Hmm. To me, I'm just convinced that anything that this guy plays is grown up Sid. He's
2: going to be playing Adam Warlock. I saw that. (laughs) I saw that. that.
4: Talk about a redemption story. I
0: think if he maybe dyed his hair black with a buzz cut and like a little black tint, maybe he could look like Sid, but.
4: In where the Millers, his hair looks a little bit more like Sid's. It's not completely buzzed. Okay. I don't if I remember correctly, it's so but it's darker than than it is. I think he actually dyed it Blonder for this role of Adam Warlock.
0: Gotcha.
1: That's. Funny. I think he
0: was also the cousin on Narnia: Voyage of the Dawn Treader. I'm pretty sure when he was younger. Possibly. I could be wrong.
1: You know, Let's it's anyway. That's oh, my so go ahead.
2: I have to say, as Blythe was talking and you talked about maybe this his revelation of the toys are alive took a darker turn. I went on, I went towards the darker turn, but then my path branched off and went this way. As in, he's now so terrified and traumatized by what happened. Mm. He is trying to make, he's trying to like make amends and make sure that he is never tortured or like traumatized by these toys again. As just like a, here, here, you're free. Just don't, just don't bother me. <laughs> and, and he, that's, yes. he's getting him out of the trash of just Just don't bother me. And yeah, here you go. You're fine now. You're not going to get burned up. Like
3: that's how that's where I went when you were talking. Yeah,
2: (laughs) I like that. Well,
3: I did find a couple comments beneath the post on Reddit. And the first one that I don't know why he didn't include this in the post itself, but it's from the OP London Garbage Man. I had an aha moment when someone brought up Sid in an Ask Reddit thread concerning misunderstood antagonists. They said that Sid was being punished as a garbage man for torturing his toys as a kid. I knew better. Being a garbage man is awesome. Yeah, it's a thankless smelly job. That is tedious. You just have to search for your own rewards. Mine is finding stuff for my kids. Plus, I can't help but feel nice giving stuff that someone threw away a second chance. The ending to Toy Story 3 was especially an especially hard punch in the feels. So maybe Sin has kids that he's collecting these toys for. I don't know. Who would marry and that? And he had a sister, um, so maybe
2: he's got nieces and nephews.
3: Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. true. Another person, Nameless88, says, I really, really like this. You just took a throwaway, the puns, moment in the third movie <laughs> and made it into something really kind of beautiful. So, yeah, just depends on how you want to look at it. There, There is... Cause for him to do this, we don't know, but it could be a beautiful thing or it could be more of a terrifying thing, depending on which way you <laughs> want to go. Does anybody have anything to add to this? Any more points to discuss?
2: I don't think All so. Right. That was a pretty, you know, All short right. and sweet theory,
3: yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, meaning that it's time for us to rate the theory, Michael. Why don't you explain our rating scale really quick? Okay, so.
4: The highest rating that we have is Genius. This is reserved only for like the best theories, which we believe are better than the actual canon that's presented. The next step down is Plausible, where it's a good theory, but it's just believable. Next down is Unlikely. This is not a terrible theory, but it's pretty unlikely as the name says. And then last we have Preposterous, which these theories are just stupid and we're all dumber for having listened to them.
3: All right, so uh, we'll put you on the spot for being a guest. Blythe, what is your uh, rating of this theory?
0: Okay, I think I'm going to have to go with plausible, but on the verge of genius. I think... This is a great theory. I love that we have explored a little more of the character of Sid because I always enjoyed that character. And I like that there could be some deeper things going on besides just, oh, he just happened to be a garbage man. Plus, you know, Disney always has these secret things intertwined into all of their movies. I think it's totally possible. I think maybe if we had a little more evidence on if it was a darker turn or if he had this beautiful revelation where he's really trying to help these toys or even what Laura said, it could be genius. I think we're almost there, but I, I would say a strong plausible.
3: Great, good one. Good ranking and explanation of your ranking. Laura, your turn.
2: I'm gonna go squarely in the middle of plausible on this. And again, Blythe, you, you, you compliment me so well on the way we think here of you said you talked about exploring it more you know there have been a ton of toy story shorts and they they are excellent at coming up with those and this could definitely be a short story and whether it's exploring more about Sid or the toys that he's rescued from the trash that could be totally fun of whether it's toy uh, toy rehab or letting them loose into the wild and there's some kind of wild toy encampment somewhere out in the woods where all these (laughs) go. Like that that could be so much fun. I love this. Yeah. (laughs) I love this.
4: (laughs) Let's write it. it
0: Yeah. Yes. Hire us. Hire us, Pixar. (laughs)
1: michael what do you
4: got i am actually going to agree with them i think this is a solid plausible Uh, i don't think it's quite to the level of genius but like i said before i like a good redemption story and Mm -hmm. i would like to think that sid is trying to turn his life around after he was traumatized as a kid realized how horrible he was and so now he's doing like the op said a thankless job to try and make the world a better place and Mm -hmm. provide these toys
3: with a new home great Well, Toy Story was probably my first love when it comes to Disney movies, and so it's very special to me. And so that might have an effect on my rating that this, I think, is a genius theory. Yes, we've realized, we've pointed out that there are a few missing pieces. I think that the idea just that he came up with, filling in the gaps of what is said doing oh haha ha, he's a garbage man wait a minute no he's actually doing something because of this experience that he's had he's turned over You know, he's had a lot of time to think about what he's done in his previous life the, the previous part of his life you know he's reflecting gosh what what a terrible person i am how can i redeem myself how can i balance the scales so to speak i know i'm going to save these toys and get them to somebody that really needs them really deserves them and hey he may even have his own room his own collection of toys that he plays with and he's like hey toys Mm -hmm. i know you're alive so let's just cut this (laughs) non-alive stuff out and we'll just have fun together (laughs) that's what i would do true redemption yes yes (laughs) so um sid is living the dream with toys that are alive
1: yep oh this is beautiful
3: Great. Love it. All right. Well, before I hand it over to Michael for the next theory, I want to take a quick moment to address our dear listeners, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. Would you take a quick second and leave us a five-star rating? Because we all know we've earned it. And hey, if you're feeling extra generous, how about writing a review made of positive words like, amazing, best podcast ever. Why isn't this show number one on the podcast charts? We'd really appreciate it. All right, Michael, over to you.
4: All right. This theory is from Benji Wenji. in Harry Potter. Every student could actually fit into two houses is the title of this theory. So mm-hmm. the theory goes every witch and wizard can't be placed in only one of four houses as there's too much variety in people. It's more likely that every student could fit into two houses. So the sorting hat helps figure out which one of these two, for example, Harry could go into Gryffindor or Slytherin, but because he just met Malfoy and has been told that there's not a witch or wizard alive that has gone bad that wasn't in Slytherin. So he asks the Sorting Hat to not put him in Slytherin, even though he could be great in there. Like Harry tells his son later on, the Sorting Hat takes what you want into account. So as another example, Ron could go into Gryffindor or Hufflepuff. But because of the pressure of his family all having gone into Gryffindor and three of his brothers are at the Gryffindor table, so he asks for Gryffindor. Hermione could go into Gryffindor or Ravenclaw because she's brilliant, but the only people she's really met have been sorted into Gryffindor. And she asks for that because, as OP says, she's a lonely 11-year-old girl who likely has already read books about how her blood status will make her a pariah in some circles. Mm. I've always just loved that it wasn't so simple. Can't remember where I saw it before, but I've always loved it. So that's, that's their theory. Before we start talking about it, I want to read this one highlighted comment, and then we'll kind of dive into this. Kitty 85 comments that she says, I like this theory, but one quick point on Hermione. She was sorted before a Harry or Ron, so she wouldn't ask to be placed in Gryffindor because of them. It is possible that from reading Hogwarts of History that she knew Gryffindor was preferable, though. So that's a good point. So I... I'll just kick it off since this was the theory that I chose. I really like this. I like the idea that there really isn't just one option for everybody, and that there is a possibility you have you could go into two different places. Like for example, for me, whenever I did the the official test or Pottermore. whatever to yes, mm-hmm. Pottermore, I couldn't think of the word. Whenever I did that, I was sorted into Ravenclaw, which is fitting for me. But honestly, I probably could have gone into gryffindor as well that there's a i have some gryffindor tendencies but it's just that ravenclaw was more suited for me so i like that and blast laughing because she probably doesn't agree with me hufflepuff no over i'm there. kidding
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm a hufflepuff um, too no so i of course
4: (laughs) so anyway i i I like that they they accounted for the the line where they talk about how the sorting hat takes into account what you want that make that explains that line a little bit more fleshes it out a little bit more and makes it add a little more gravity to this theory so yeah I, i like this idea i think it's fairly reasonable you know what do you guys think
3: my question would be like we'll just use harry for example I can see why he could go into Slytherin and Gryffindor, but why couldn't he be Hufflepuff or Ravenclaw?
2: Honestly, yeah, I mean, very, there are like, other it, there are other fan theories out there about yeah. just Harry Potter's character in general. And I would mm-hmm. hold up one of those as being why he couldn't be a Hufflepuff is because he's actually a big jerk. He's rude. He's, he's he really is. He's mean. And he's yeah. he he can be rude to people and that doesn't well, fit you would in Hufflepuff.
3: Too- If you had to sleep in a place under the stairs your whole life. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe.
2: I can't really speak to that. Okay, so what about about
3: Ravenclaw? Why can't he be in Ravenclaw?
2: He doesn't study hard enough.
3: Okay, so (laughs) this might be a case of me not knowing what makes you what, other than if you're mean, you're in Slytherin.
2: In case it wasn't obvious already, Spencer is not a Harry Potter fan. At least not to our degree. (laughs) I (laughs) I made him watch the movies. a while
3: back you didn't me, make hey. me i wanted to i read through goblet of fire i didn't read beyond that okay <laughs> anybody else have anything to add, Blythe, what do you think Comment? i know you have thoughts
0: i i really do like this theory i i think that it's kind of like almost any personality test or Enneagram, if you will. Some people can fit into multiples of those. Mm-hmm. It really depends on the person. I think that, and also I think nature versus nurture comes into play with a lot of this too. Where do they live? How do they grow up? What people have they been around in their lives outside of just what is their Personality? What are their motives? I think some characters could probably fit into more than just two. So I kind of agree with you to an extent, Spencer. Not necessarily specifically Harry Potter fitting into Hufflepuff or Ravenclaw, but I think that there are characters that could fit more than just two. But I do like this. I, as well, took Pottermore, who hasn't taken that quiz, and I. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> I'm sad for you. I, I should have um,
3: said something instead <laughs> of raising my hand because this is an audio medium after all. <laughs> <There
0: you go. laughs> Um, I have tested into a couple different ones, but the one that I got most often and the one that after reading everything, watching all the movies, understanding the houses better, that fit me the best was Hufflepuff. But I feel like that's kind of the same as Harry asking the sorting hat to put him into Gryffindor. He may have fit in Slytherin, but he had some
2: choice in the matter. So I like this theory. Right. I agree. I think if I remember correctly, when you so ugh, we're about to get super nerdy. After it was announced mm-hmm. that they were going to be making fantastic beats and where to find them, you were able to test for Ilvermorny Academy and be placed in a house there as well. And I think when you did that test, you were told your secondary house choice, if I am if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Like, you were mm-hmm. told that dual, like, you tested high in this one as well, but we're going to place you in this house. I, I feel like that's what it was. And so that—that's why I'm going to agree with this. Also, there are just so many things. At least on Pottermore, there were multiple personality tests for whatever for your wand, for your mm. Patronus, for your house. It could be a number of things. So, yeah, there you—you <laughs> you fit in a bunch of different things. So I—I I will agree. I think with I did
3: that, do yeah. the Patronus test. What were the options? Do you, like- you
2: remember what you got?
3: If, what were some of the options? I think it was, a, was a rabbit an option? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think sure. it was a rabbit.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> very cool. I, I think mine was like a ferret or something.
4: <laughs> I, I don't remember what mine was either.
2: Okay. Well, but, yeah. I think that that pretty sum- much sums up our conversation. So why don't we get to rating yeah. this one? Spencer, what do you think?
3: I'm going to say it's unlikely. I'm going to say that I think that There are reasons why everybody could be put into everyone, and it has to be narrowed down into one. So if it's not all four, then it's just one, not two or three, if that makes any sense at all. (laughs) But it's not preposterous because I don't feel dumber. I can see, like, you make (laughs) the case for it, and clearly you people aren't dumb. The fact that that's the fact, I will say that it is unlikely. Very good. Cool. Cool. Um, I guess I'll jump in.
2: Or, yeah, Blythe.
3: Hit
0: it. Oh, okay. I'm going to say plausible. I don't think it's genius level, but I do think that it's highly possible, depending on the person that they could fit into two or more houses. Mm -hmm.
2: That's it. Mm -hmm. I don't really have much else to say.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Laura.
2: This is a pretty cut and dried theory. Like, there for a minute, I started thinking to myself about, like, the sorting hat is also kind of playing, like, some damage control of making sure that numbers are equal in the houses just to make sure there's enough room. And then I went, wait a second, they're in a magic castle. They don't need to worry too much yeah. about having enough beds for everybody.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> when you've got things like the,
2: mm-hmm. uh, well, it's like a room that'll pop up with whatever you need in it whenever you need it. So, I mean, it's it's plausible. Yeah. And that's really all there is to say. Cool. Well, what about you, as, a Michael?
4: Ravenclaw, uh, as a Ravenclaw, I'm going to have to rate this one as genius. <laughs> and it's not just because I chose the theory. <laughs> I just I, I really like this idea. I, I'm I'm really behind this idea, and honestly, I would like to think that this is actually part of the canon in my own head. I just because like you guys said, and when we were talking, like nobody fits into just this little box. Like there's a lot more to a person than just one set of attributes, and mm-hmm. so. You could go either way depending on like Blythe said, how how you're raised, the environment that you're raised in, the people you're around that you spend your time with. So yeah, I'm gonna go with genius on this one.
3: I love Maybe it. you stepped in a puddle that day and we're having a bad day. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Guys, who's ready to discuss
4: whether or not Captain America poops a lot?
3: Ooh, me I am me, me. I am
4: Well, too bad, because you have to wait until after for this brief message break. Don't go anywhere. Hey Matt. Did you know that wombats poop cubes?
3: There is a corner
0: of
1: Los Angeles where dreams are brought to life. The uh, stuff that dreams are made of. Where stars are born. Made it, for, for world! Where legends are made. Oh, it's, alive. it's alive! It's alive! It's alive!
3: For over a hundred years, the world has been captivated by Hollywood. But just beneath the stardust lie a million more fascinating stories. Tales of heroism, Villainy, betrayal, passion, tragedy, and triumph that, when sewn together, form an incredible history. The Secret History of Hollywood. Available now wherever you get podcasts. So we're back. And uh, let's go over to the poop expert to discuss this theory. (laughs) Tell us about your theory or the theory that you want to discuss.
0: I should have had my poop emoji pillow with me. To
1: put
0: oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> this theory is Captain America, MCU. Captain America poops a lot. This is from Mr. T squared 88. So Mr. T times Mr. T 88. Huh, I
4: like <laughs> it. It's amazing.
0: It says in Captain America, the first Avenger, after Bucky falls off the train, Steve tells Peggy that he can't get drunk because of the Super Soldier serum. She tells him that his metabolism is four times the amount of an average human. That means he eats four times as much food, which makes sense. Similar to how Olympic athletes need to have insane diets. Cat probably does as well. But this also means he takes either one, incredibly massive poops that are four times the size of normal poops or two, he poops four times as often as a normal person.
1: <laughs> meaning,
0: <laughs> meaning, okay, I gotta get through this. Meaning that during the entire battle of New York in the Avengers, Steve probably was clinching his beehole because he would have had to go really bad and wouldn't have gotten a chance to. <laughs> okay. So there are are some comments um, that I want to talk about that were on this post, and of course I have some, just a tidbit of science to talk about, but I kind of want to hear what you guys have to say first. Michael, what are your thoughts on this?
4: I think it's a pretty crappy theory.
2: <laughs> oh, you went there. <laughs> I wow. Had to.
4: I had to. No, I mean, I, I like it. I think it's funny. Any Anytime you have any sort of theory about poop, I think it's funny, just because mm-hmm. I'm a child. <laughs> yes, so I, I, I think it's I think it's a decent one. I think this is just kind of taking a narrative element a little too far. This is one of those instances where people are like really like it's, it's like, and I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but it's like a lot of Star Trek fans. They, they know like the exact dimensions of every ship and every little inner workings of all the ships and everything. And the reasoning behind all the choices that are made in those shows. And I think sometimes you just have to kind of give a little grace with things and just not think too hard about it and just enjoy things for what they are. But what you're saying
3: is we shouldn't care about how much he poops.
4: Sure. Yeah. It never would have crossed my mind to even think about that before. I just accepted that he has a higher metabolism. So sure, it works. He's found a way to make it work. But mm. I mean, the thought of him having to like stop in the middle of a battle to poop is pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I think um, Mr. T squared 88 pities a fool who doesn't care about poop nice Um,
3: so if he has to eat a lot I will say there's you know there's a little bit of a credit to that that immediately after the battle of New York and the post credits scene we see the team but mostly most importantly Cap eating the shawarma shawarma stuff so he has to eat (laughs) A lot. It's got to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: You don't Mm -hmm. think it's going to America? Never mind. Better
3: beep. (laughs) I
4: almost made that joke, but I held off. What joke?
3: I don't know what you're going to say. That's America's. Oh, okay. I was gonna
4: say that. (laughs) I was gonna say maybe he's having to clinch and hold it in during the battles, and that's why it's so tight all the time.
0: (laughs) That's a good workout.
3: just out. adding to the he could never
0: evidence. he could never dirty the stars and stripes like that no
3: <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> no i love that red, okay red,
4: red white and blue not red white and brown and blue
2: <laughs> oh. oh man uh, i like thinking okay, about the I'll idea somebody else of, 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 of somebody walking out of captain america the first avenger you know like with a group of friends, like we've done before. We've gone to a movie, we walk out, we start talking about, oh, did you notice this? And da, 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 da. People are talking about, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, Becky, do you think that he's going to come back as Winter Soldier? And this dude's like, I don't know, but do y- y'all think about the fact that he probably has to poop a lot since his metabolism is <laughs> more like, That's what this person yeah. walked away from the movie thinking about. Yeah. that's.
4: <laughs> I love his that. His mind went there. Yeah. Yes.
2: 'Cause there's mm. nothing else about the movie, you know, to get get things turning, nah. No. Stuck right. on that mm. detail, which is in like what still in the first act, wouldn't you say? Like <laughs>
3: Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. yes. So what about some of those comments?
0: SM Kare says, unless Cap has an incredibly powerful and efficient nuclear fusion reactor in his body, able to use any food as fuel similar to Mm -hmm. Mr. Fusion from BTTF, and convert the mass directly into energy, the mass of the food he ingests has to go somewhere after he metabolizes its chemical energy. He is not getting fatter or gaining significant muscle mass, so the mass is definitely leaving his body somehow. Somehow. Yes, which isn't necessarily poop.
3: Right. BTTF is back to the future, by the way. (laughs) Yes.
0: Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes. So uh, mm-hmm. let me let me share a little bit. A couple of these comments. Well, can I? I'm going to say this one first. Is it vincitus, vincitus? I'm not sure how to say that one. Yeah. They say my guess is that he takes huge poops that he blames on the whole, which I think <laughs> <is> quite hilarious. <laughs> Great. Uh, there's a couple other comments that do actually go into a little bit of some accurate science, but I will just say I do teach science uh, to middle schoolers and high schoolers, so we do talk about our digestive and excretory systems quite a lot throughout the year and. You don't just release waste through poop. You actually exhale a lot of your waste. A lot of those nutrients are, as you use it for energy, are converted into carbon dioxide and water. So you exhale a lot of that waste through um, your lungs. They're actually hmm. considered um, the main excretory organs in your body. And then a lot of it is lost as water, which is filtered through your kidneys. And then that would be what you pee out. Now, I will say some things that I was thinking about when I was reading this theory. I do agree that the more you eat, probably the more you will poop because you have more waste that you're going to form from that. However, he's saying that if he eats four times as much um, food, that he's going to take or have poops that are four times the size or he's going to poop four times as often. It's not exactly like a one-to-one ratio of that. Like if you eat twice (laughs) as much food, you're going to poop twice as often or, or twice as large stool sizes. I should say a lot of that is really dependent on the types of foods you're eating. So like if, Cap is eating uh, foods that are not nutritious at all, then he's probably going to have more waste than if he was eating foods that had a lot of nutrients in them, a lot of those sugars that he uses for energy. Also, if he's eating things that are high in fiber, he probably is going to poop more often. So the types of foods he's eating is probably almost more important than the amount of food he's eating as to how much he poops out. But we also have to keep in mind that he, he has been injected with super soldier serum. So he is a superhuman. So it is quite possible that he can use or gain more energy from things that our bodies may not be able to process as well. So he may actually be getting more out of the food he eats and using more of it, which then in turn, he would actually have less waste if you think about it. Mm. But a couple of these comments that get into the science of that This name, Crayez Hasek, I'm not sure how to say that. Mm. So jumble of letters, Crayez Hasek. You have to say it like that. Uh, Says, so fun fact, most, more than 80% of the weight you lose by burning calories is exhaled as carbon dioxide, which I talked about. All organic material that we consume is carbon based with hydrogen, oxygen, and nitrogen making up most of the rest and trace amounts of other elements. Maybe instead of pooping, he's just burping and farting all the time.
1: Mm, yep, I see that I'm sure happening. If he's eating
0: shawarma all the time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: And then the last comment that I th- uh, thought was good is from Guy V. It says this is a classic case of not carrying the superpower thing to its narrative end. Cap is the pinnacle of the good human evolution. He has realistic control over his bowels and endurance levels, and when to speed up or slow down his metabolism. He could repack his colon. Expel gas expertly and otherwise prepare his body for a variety of lengths of missions. This also means that what he eats gets super used to its fullest metabolic content. I contend that Cap literally only poops in microparticles. I think he also has a weird sort of control for how much energy he keeps in reserve fat, almost like he's able to adjust it on the fly and be able to do this all day. Here's my question, though. What about I, I'm not
4: do do this all day.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. oh <my> gosh. <laughs> yes, so good. So good. Apparently, you can do do this all day as well with the poop puns. Yes. Okay, so for those of you that know Cap's powers a little bit better than I do, do you really think he could control his bowel movements and control the level of his metabolism on his own? Hey,
3: I just
2: think White that, like, Shrew this claims some... to be able to control his blood pressure. I this mean, just something that's and he's true. a mere mortal, <laughs> just a German man. I was
3: gonna say he's he's clearly super superhuman. superhuman.
1: <laughs> Very true. <laughs> it's
3: something that's not explored by most superhuman beings. We just it's just a side of that that we don't get, unfortunately. Uh, I would love okay. to have a science, like a whole book, on the science of superhero digestive systems, but we don't have that. Unfortunately, I just don't think there's any kind of reference point for this. Do you know of anything, Michael?
4: Not off the top of my head. Yeah, the the closest thing that I can think of of comics actually going into a little bit of the science behind bodily functions and superheroes is not even related to, to the digestive system. It's more the, the metabolism side of things with Deadpool and Wolverine and like their metabolisms and healing factors and stuff. And, and with The Flash as well, he has a hyperactive yeah. metabolism from the Speed Force. Yeah, it doesn't really delve too deeply into digestive stuff from what that's I can a good, remember.
3: That's a good point. I remember in the first season of The Flash where he's like, he's eating a lot. Like they make a point of saying, I have to eat so much more because my metabolism is so much faster. But they never once mentioned... Flash poop. I'm he just I'm gonna... so
2: quickly. <laughs> he's running all the time. <laughs> he just...
3: he's, he's got to run. It just...
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. I like
4: to think that, that he just he poop, just poop, goes poop, as poop. he's running, and he's running so quickly <laughs> that it just vaporizes as it comes out. <laughs>
2: <No>. <laughs> I'm it just to biodegrades crop dusting. as fast as he runs. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yes. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I've uh, arrived at my opinion on this one.
2: Mm, go for yeah, it. I'm ready to rate.
3: Oh, okay. Well, no, I don't want to go first. Who, who, Michael? Have you gone first before? I have. Who, Laura, Laura hasn't gone have first. You gone?
2: I, I don't know. Okay, I'll, I'll you, do it you anyway. Can go though. first. I, I'll, I'll say it's plausible. I could totally see if any of the Avengers, Cap, being the one of, that, you know, when you like travel somewhere with like a mom and she's always like, "But where's the nearest bathroom?" <laughs> <laughs> that it would be Cap that was <laughs> asking that question. We're gonna go like the airport in civil war when they show up at the airport like but where's the nearest bathroom before we start everybody (laughs) hold on before we start and (laughs) you could totally check that yeah so i guess i'll I'll go with plausible just when you go on the, you can't go too far into the scientific stuff with this though because then if you're going to go into that about like the mass intake has to go into Mm -hmm. it's got to be displaced and put out somewhere well then when he got injected with the super soldier serum where did all the mass that be that formed his muscles come from mm-hmm. if it came from the serum then what was i, I don't know so yeah. you have to have some kind of little bit of just suspension of disbelief there so yes. i'll go with plausible
3: yeah. okay um i'll go with yeah. unlikely as funny as it is and i love the idea of imagining like i'm not imagining him pooping but just the situations that would arise <laughs> from something like this i just think that with all of the activity that he does, you know, he's breathing a lot when he's running around. I mean, maybe during, you know, lulls in action, maybe when he doesn't have the opportunity to burn (laughs) off all of that down
4: alley and takes a poop.
3: I'm going to say that he probably most likely poops like the rest of us, but yeah, that's, that's where I'm landing.
4: Yeah. I, I'm going to agree with Spencer on this. Well, I think this is a great theory and I love talking about it, I could talk about poop for <laughs> for <laughs> days, but I, I don't think that it's very, very likely that it's actual truth. Yeah, I just don't see this being an issue, really. I think it's just one of those things that you have to kind of let go and just accept that, yeah, he has a f- faster metabolism, but it doesn't necessarily
3: mean that he poops a lot. So, Blythe, are we more or less mature than your junior high students?
0: I would say... um Still more mature than my middle school students. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought we made a decent right. decent job of yeah. trying Something to be immature to about
3: it. So. Too. Yep.
0: I, I, I will say when we do get to the digestive system, I actually shock them with a the number of poop jokes that I say in class. Nice. But they, yeah, they, they can't handle that. But but yeah, I'd say we're still a lot more mature than my middle school students. <laughs> as far okay. as my rating, I'm going to have to give this an unlikely mainly because of the trying to quantify the amount of poop and how often that they used in the theory. I love this theory. I love thinking about it, talking about it. I love getting into, I love getting into the science of it. I do think it gets really complicated uh, because we don't have enough details, but I would would argue that cat probably has healthier poops than any of us. That's why I'm gonna give this an unlikely.
3: For me, that's not All a right. very high bar.
2: Let's swing same. away from the scientific <laughs> and go in the completely opposite direction with this theory mm. from the Super Carlin Brothers, which I saw in a reel on Instagram. But apparently, they made a video about it on YouTube back in 2017 and just like recycled it recently. But this is about Mother Gothel from Tangled is Meg from Hercules that they are this one and the same person. All right, so Meg, of course, existed in ancient Greece and Mother Gothel over in Germany, centuries apart. But this really isn't a problem because there's a golden magical flower that maintains her youth. But where did this flower come from? That's where things get interesting. Eugene gives us a bit of an origin story. From this small drop of sun grew a magic golden flower. And this scene, this animation that we see where the magic golden sun drop falls to Earth matches another scene from Disney perfectly. When Hercules is taken from Olympus down to Earth, remember like pain and panic have stolen him out of the little crib Mm -hmm. and they're flying him down. They match very well with the clouds and everything. There's clouds first and then they dissipate a little and then you can see the ground. They both do it. It's really interesting to watch. Meaning it's not a sun drop, but a sun drop, S-O-N. Hades Hades even calls Hercules the little sun spot. And not to mention, Hades is literally trying to drain Hercules of his immortality in this very scene. And that's exactly what the flower provides. Not to mention, we have a vague idea of how far away the flower is from the kingdom of Corona, when Eugene is talking about it being a hop, skip, and a boat ride away. Personally, I'm not a big geography person, but I, Germany and Greece apparently are a lot closer together than you think. And (laughs) the real question here, though, is how far do you think that the king would be willing to go to save his pregnant, dying wife, who is also the queen? He'd go the distance. (laughs) (coughs) Yeah, it's a good one. Okay, but the question is, how and why would Meg become so twisted and turn into Mother Gothel? And the answer isn't immortality, but rather mortality. Because remember, at the end of Hercules, he gives up his immortality, his place with the gods, to live a mortal life with Meg. And what happens if after giving up that immortality, Meg outlives Hercules? What lengths do you think she might go to to try to fix the situation? Literal lengths, like trying to find the last remaining trace of where a god first touched earth, or more specifically, where Hercules first touched earth, which is, of course, where she would find the flower. Also consider the song she sings to the flower in order to give it get its powers to work. Make the clock reverse, bring back what once was mine. I always wondered, how does she know what to sing to the flower to get it to work? And then it occurred to me, what if it didn't start with her singing, but rather pleading with the flower? That is pleading to bring back her dead husband. And then the song continues, change the fates design. That's a capital F fates. And as in the fates Mm. from Greek mythology. And those ladies are also in Hercules. They're the Mm -hmm. three ladies cutting people's lifelines. And they're responsible for ending mortals' lives and sending them down to the underworld where Hades is. And at the end of Tangled, why does Mother Gothel agree to let Rapunzel save Eugene? She holds all the cards in this situation. Well, it's because Meg lives deep down inside of Mother Gothel and made the exact same deal once upon a time. Hades gives us that backstory when he says, you sold your soul to me to save your boyfriend's life. All right, so Super Carlin mm-hmm. brothers are telling us Meg is in there. And if that doesn't convince you, let me end with this. When Hercules is in Thebes and he has lifted the boulder down in the quarry to save Pain and, Pain and Panic who are in disguise as trapped children... Meg is out of sight with Hades and says to herself, Get out of there, you big lug, while you still can. And when Mother Gothel has been watching Rapunzel and Eugene through the window of the snuggly duckling and the short thug, the one that dresses up like Cupid, stumbles out and hits on her, she says, Oh, you big lug. Hmm.
3: Interesting.
2: You know, it's, it's funny, a very well uh,
3: thought out and the written theory. It's
2: well thought out. And then there's a website called down the theory hole that took it a step (laughs) further. So I did not share any of this with you. because I didn't want you to have pre pre knowledge of what I'm about to share with you, but in the actual Hercules myth, he had four wives, but two of them were goddesses. And it seems that the actual Hercules movie from Disney combined his two mortal wives together into Megara. And Mm. he at this point, he's given up his immortality and is with her. And so unfortunate events happen that uh, she's been kidnapped by somebody. And he, Hercules shoots this bad guy with a poison arrow. And before he gives Meg back to Hercules, he gives her what she, he says is a love potion. But it's actually the poison from the arrow that Hercules shot her with. And then mm. Hercules, later on, Hercules' eye starts wandering And so she gets that love potion out and gives it to Hercules and poisons him and kills him. So that adds an extra layer to this Mm. of her guilt drives her to Mm -hmm. keep looking for that flower. I mean, Mm -hmm. I love that. So that's the theory that Megara became Mm. Mother Gothel.
3: I like it. Yeah, me too. I will say that there are lots of words into this theory, <laughs> and as far as the points go, I I like all of them. Like the the big thing that that I would just if I were to put something in there to say, no, this isn't real, is just the actual last bit of proof they provide is that oh they should, they both say big lug. There are writers that might say the same words. Or it's, I mean, who, how many times have you called me Big Lug, Laura? I mean, it's, just, Zero. it's in everybody's vocabulary. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I i think it's solid. I don't have really, if, if you want to really be specific and, like, poke holes in it that really you think about, I guess you probably could, but I don't want to.
1: <laughs>
3: what yeah, else does I, everybody else think?
4: I think that your point about the whole you big lug thing is actually kind of the opposite of the way you presented it, because it is, it isn't something that's just normal conversation. It's not something that somebody says every day. So it makes more sense that it would be the same person using that, that phrase two times in two different stories. So Hmm. I, I think this is a great theory. I'm all, all on board with it. There's not really much that I can say, to add to it because they, they really thought this one out. Well, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of great evidence and great points and stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm cool with it. I'm going to let you guys speak. I know uh, you two are going to have some great thoughts on it. <laughs> so I'm just going to give you guys more time.
0: I love this theory. I will say the first, as I was listening to it, I think there are a lot of good pieces of evidence here, but I, I agree with Michael. The thing that really sold it for me was the, you big lug, <laughs> because it's not just in most people's everyday vernacular. And yes, some writers may want to use the same things, but I just feel like these two characters have very similar mannerisms. Outside of just saying that, I feel like they Talk in a similar way. They carry themselves in a similar way with a similar they attitude. Gesture. Yes, yes. And I know the the animation is is different, obviously. And but you know, if you look at Meg's hair, it has the curls on the end, so I could see her hair being curlier and a little more wiry as it gets gray and darkens as she gets older. So I, I just I could see them being the same person. I will say. I almost didn't want to agree with this because it kind of makes me sad. <laughs> that's I really what wanted of Yes, I really wanted her to have just this sweet happy ending with Hercules just because that's what you want out of almost any Disney movie, right? At least when you're mm-hmm. a kid watching these. But man, I just I just feel like this is so solid. There's just too many things pointing to it and I could totally see Disney doing something sneaky like this, because they know there's gonna be people that look for all these clothes, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. They yeah. do it every time. So I, I just love it. The Fates as well, being a capital F in the song. Why is it a capital F if they're not mm-hmm. referencing the Fates? Yep. I I just, yeah. The, the image of Hercules being brought down to earth and the same image as the sun with the flower, I, There's just so many things that link it. And then that extra little tidbit
2: you brought, Laura, I think that really just ties a nice (laughs) little ribbon on there. There's a lot more on that website that's uh, down Mm -hmm. the theory hole. But I'm going to agree with you about the song. That's what really ties Mm -hmm. it together for me. When you think about that extra bit I talked about of she accidentally killed Hercules. So when she's pleading Mm -hmm. with the flower, bring back Mm -hmm. what once was mine, that Mm -hmm. she's pleading for her husband to come back. And actually Mm -hmm. all it gives is, a little bit of his immortality essence that he had for a little while and there's and there's also this the imagery so much of the sun associated with hercules and mm-hmm. that it's a sun drop that's just all. Oh, i love this theory mm-hmm.
3: yeah <laughs> and it's like the same color the magic of the flower and rapunzel's mm-hmm. hair is like the same mm-hmm. color as the go- as hercules was right
1: yes Absolutely. yeah whenever when it he's glowing mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm
0: Yes, absolutely. Yep. So you
4: heard it here first, folks. It's confirmed that Rapunzel is a descendant of Hercules. What?
2: Well, oh, she's got his essence <laughs> in him. Okay.
1: Oh in yeah. Her. Okay.
2: There you go. Yeah, because oh, yeah. flower.
3: Okay.
0: I like that. Would would Zeus <laughs> let her come visit then?
2: <laughs> she could swing up there. We're opening hair. up
4: the possibilities for a whole new storyline.
2: There you go. <laughs> That's something a lot of people were trying to discredit this when you talk about the Tangled series. That is not an account mm. for me. That's not even personally mm, yeah. canon. Mm. I've never watched it. Yeah. I'm not going to count it because apparently Same. her hair is long again. And I'm like, no, it got cut. Oh. It doesn't grow back. Zero she interest. appeared in Frozen with it cut. We're not going mm-hmm. there. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't even oh, make right. sense as far as the canon if in the series I don't she know has how. long hair again. I know. I've never yeah. watched it, so I don't know how they fit it in there. But apparently it's supposed to explain a bunch of some of this stuff, but we're not going there. We're not yeah, no counting that. Okay. Yeah. So, man, I think it's harder Can I just great. say to Oh yeah. What?
0: I, I was just going to say one more thing. What makes this even more heartbreaking to me if it's true is what a sad life you just live even longer in this pain of losing your husband. I just and
2: that's her her fate.
3: A really long to time. I deal with
2: that, so. Mm-hmm, a really Again, long time. Again, cuz remember living that she way. did that for the first boyfriend and that's what indentured her to Hades mm-hmm. in the first place.
1: Mm-hmm. So yes. she had no
2: soul and then yeah. Ooh. Man. She's got a pattern. Rough. There you go. Yeah. She yep, does have tragic. a pattern. She needs to recognize that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she <does>. she <laughs> cool. needs therapy.
1: So okay. <laughs>
4: are
3: we ready to rate this?
2: Let's do yes. it.
3: Awesome. Spencer, I'm, you want kick us off? I'm gonna guess I'm just gonna guess that we're gonna be a unanimous genius on this one. Am I right?
1: Hmm.
3: Give me some suspense. <laughs>
1: uh,
3: okay, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna say to go genius. With,
2: okay, I'm going plausible on it.
3: Oh, what?
2: <laughs> really? Yeah, uh, after y'all give your ratings, I'll tell you why.
3: Okay, okay. I, I have well, to go
0: with genius level, mm-hmm, personally. Yep. I love this, I think it is so well thought out. I think there is so much clear evidence backing up this theory they did a great job lining it up i think it's genius
3: and i always think it works if you're only talking about this disney stuff like you can't i know Mm -hmm. that we talked brought in a little bit of the actual mythology but i myself did some research looking into the actual mythology because i wanted to see if he actually like in the myth whatever that he gives up his mortality or whatever and something different happens whatever doesn't matter but I I agree that it's genius only if you're talking about, of course, the Disney movies.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: Yes, I I concur. Genius for me all the way, as long as it's Disney.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay, so I'll tell you I, I'm all right, going. Tell with, us, Laura. I'm going with plausible on it because I've got another theory that I'm going to say for next time Blythe comes on, actually posing the theory that Megara is Isma.
3: What? From Ooh. Emperor's New Groove. Ooh,
4: interesting.
2: So we'll I can't explore Megara again. <laughs> yes, if I if could age and become a kit, heck yes, sign me up. Come on. Like,
4: yeah, for who real. Who wouldn't want that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Hold the lever. Hold the lever. <laughs> Wrong lever. <laughs> I love squeak,
3: it. Squeak, 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 squeak. Oh man. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, Laura. Spencer. Blythe. Michael. Guys. It's almost time to bring this episode to a close, but before we do, I'd like to share a fascinating movie detail I discovered on Reddit posted by user mm. Pale Guy. In The Batman, the Batmobile jumps over cars because there was something in the way. Mmm, something in the way. <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> dang. Wow. Well
2: done. <sighs> oh, well on. You got me on that one. <laughs> got us all. Well, on that note, this has been Fan Theory Queries. I'm Laura.
3: I'm Michael. And I'm Blythe. And I'm Spencer. Join us next time for another batch of genius, plausible, unlikely, and preposterous fan theories.